When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on all your favorite podcasting apps and is now a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Yes, it finally happened. I'm a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. It is a great honor. Thank you, Dylan and Kyle. Dylan Kayser, Kyle Manfold, for having me on board. Really appreciate you guys very much. Of course, Purple Mafia joined the Pigskin Podcast Network. Tim Rule's Explosion actually broke the ice joining the Basketball Podcast Network. Everything kind of started about a month and a, about a month and a half, two months ago with that, with uh, Kyle contacting my Paladino Live Twitter to get, thing, uh, get things rolling. And then mm, about two, three weeks ago, Hipcast announced their ceasing operations on December 31st, 2022. So, like, well, yeah, and I was strongly considering coming to the Hockey Podcast Network and ultimately end up making the decision. I was probably going to anyway, but it's just I felt a loyalty to HipCast because obviously joining the network, I'd be leaving HipCast, but at least I'd consider uh, or I'd keep one podcast remaining there regardless, freedom of thought, but even that one's gone now. Move it to uh, Anchor. Of course, all the numbers aren't reciprocating yet. It's all kind of weird and confusing, like shows that would normally get, you know, significant number are getting like you know like 40 50 60 downloads at least it's showing on on (laughs) megaphone so not sure what's up with that yet one of these days we'll figure that out but this show is finally breaking the ice literally joining the hockey podcast network which is in a lot of ways the uh flagship of the whole thing that's basically the one that got everything started because these guys are from canada of course uh, vancouver british columbia pretty sure they were affiliated with the soda pod and isha not sure if Soda Pod's on the Hockey Podcast Network anymore. I've been looking and I've been wanting to ask and I never got around to that. And I apologize because I noticed they don't talk about it much anymore. Uh, but now you'll be hearing ads from DraftKings, at least from myself. At least one ad at the start of the second segment on every show. That's kind of how we're going to do things, which is pretty much how I did things before when I talked about cryptocurrency and Vigit. So we'll be going with DraftKings now. I'm a part of Pod, Hockey Podcast Network. Going to get things caught up, of course. I'm able to record because snow and all that. Uh, Going to kind of piece things together. Recording uh, part of the show on Monday, part on Tuesday. I know that sounds weird, but 
with the way things are and the time I'm recording this. It's snowing and all that. And, uh, well, it's just a good way to get this out there before uh, the annual Thanksgiving episode, which usually gets the uh, trend going where every single Thursday I record Brave the Wild once again, which will feel nice again, Thursday mornings and all that. It becomes, uh, uh, you know, back, back, in, back on a schedule again. Other than that, sorry for babbling so much about background information. The Minnesota Wild have certainly had their ups and downs since the last episode. Goaltending looks so bad. Now, hey, <laughs> now Marc-Andre Fleury looks like uh, Venza Fleury again. Yes, he does. He looks like Mr. Mr. Best best goalie in the league again, basically, or at least one of them. Obviously, off to a strong, strong uh, run at the moment. And Philip Gustafson's doing really well also. Unfortunately, it was snake bit yesterday with late goals by the San Jose Sharks, and that pissed us all off. So that's unfortunate. Iowa Wilds started off the season scoring about a goal a game. It was pathetic. They've gotten a little better, but still way, way down there in the standings, unfortunately. And then the Iowa Heartlanders, it hasn't been pretty for a while. And Hunter Jones's numbers, yeah, we'll talk about that in segment two and all that. Let's attempt to get caught up without going on too long with each single game. Of course, we're going to have to kind of brush things with a broad stroke in a sense. The Wild did lose to that Boston Bruins team. That's where we left off on October 22nd. Crazy, crazy. That's how long it's been since we've recorded a show. About three weeks. Is, uh, yeah, that's insane. The Wild started playing significantly better after that. That's when you started getting your better goaltending. The Wild headed to Montreal, Quebec. In, uh, yep, <laughs> the Montreal Canadiens. Jules Erickson Neck and co. showed up to play, as did Marc-Andre Fleury coming into well, Quebec, which is where he's from, Montreal, Quebec, and all that, uh, giving up only one goal. The Minnesota Wild would get an empty net later from Jules Eck, and the Wild ended up winning 3-1. to one. That felt really nice. That's where Jules Eck came into the picture. Jacob Middleton with an assist. Brandon DeHame actually had an uh, absolutely great game. And this is about when I was starting to talk about Brandon DeHame is definitely taking a step up this season, and it felt so good. Drew Larkson-Eck had two goals again early and the empty netter. But this is when you started feeling really good about Brandon DeHaim. Unfortunately, would have a significant upper body injury later on, and that's that sucks. That royally sucks. So you'd lose him. Ryan Hartman was still playing before he had what looked like a separated shoulder. As he was wrestled to the ground, something didn't ha- something wasn't right. With the way things, with the way his shoulder moved, his arm moved, and all that, and he was just on the ground, like, okay, yeah, yeah, that, he, like, that's it. I'm not, I'm done fighting. Yeah, I'm out of here. That was, of course, against uh, Tenorti of the Chicago Blackhawks, yeah, in relation to a uh, former North Star Mark Tenorti. So that kind of sucks, and that figures, and all that, but. That's life. Uh, the Wild would go to Ottawa, the absolute capital of Canada. Ottawa is the capital, and the Minnesota Wild would get another win on the road, as this was a trap game in the past. So nice to see the Wild taking advantage of a team that's still, well, they're, they're definitely better, but they're still beatable, despite the fact Ottawa was 4-3 and three at the time. They were 8th place in the Atlantic Division. Interesting. Um, I kept thinking Ryan Hartman got hurt against the Chuck, and it's like I just have this thing about the Chuck, the Chuck, and the injury with Dumba, and then no, he was actually Tenorti. So I almost was starting to say that, and I was able to stop myself and saying, wait, wait, ah, ah, no, it wasn't that one. No, 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 yeah, it was Tenorti. So obviously, when you play a bunch of games and it's been a little while, memory starts to fade, and it shouldn't have. Uh, Hartman started to play better, and you, you felt good about that. Um, of course, he was changed around, moved around, the lines were shuffled, and the Wilds started to play better. That's when things started to change with the lines against the Montreal Canadiens and Ottawa Senators and such, and you saw different groups of players playing together. 
and the thing started to finally click a little bit, which, uh, again, it, uh, it felt good. You saw Hartman on the wing, believe it or not, with Drew Larson-Neck. Uh, Drew Larson-Neck has been solid and consistent all season, for the most part. He's had some icky games, but generally speaking, been better and better. Again, significant injuries later on with Hartman and DeHaim, who both still were able to play in this game. Rossi was benched earlier in the season, but then has been better ever since. Been moving up. Connor DeWer has been a part of things most of the way. And uh, Mason Shaw, also now part of the lineup, and you feel really good about that. A guy who's certainly been invisible is Tyson Jost, and yeah, the frustration definitely kicking in. This is where you saw Mason Shaw first replace Tyson Jost. And really, I think he's a better player than Tyson Jost right now. And a lot of people, including the Judd Zolgads of the world, have been calling Tyson Jost more of a quad A player, which again is kind of a baseball term, but it can be a basketball term or hockey term as well, where it's a guy who's really good in the AHL, awesome in the AHL, and just, I don't know, he plays like 15 games and gets two points in the NHL, and it's just the way it is. Um, both sports are filled with guys like that. I mean, he'll bat like 400 in, in the Triple A baseball and then come up to major leagues and hit 131 or something and get a home run in like 50 games. It's like, come on, man, what's going on? You'd strike out every time, you know. So, But enough about Miguel Sano. Uh, the Twins would, able to, would be able to get the, the Wild. Did I say Twins? The Wild would be able to get the victory over the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to leave that in because it's funny. Um, and, yeah, you don't want to edit everything. It sounds fake. <laughs> the Wild would get the win over the Ottawa Senators. Another really nice, solid game by Marc-Andre Fleury, keeping the Sabres center on 93. But Anton Forsberg, who had platooned a bit with uh, Gustafsson last year, but kind of sort of platooned. He definitely got more of the nod anyway, but still, he's, he's, he's been okay. Anton Forsberg and Gustafsson. It was a nice duo in uh, Ottawa a year ago. Cam Talbot obviously still not back because significant injury. So, yeah, one of those kind of things. Bad luck for the Ottawa Senators there. As, uh, yeah, maybe they were thinking he might end up being the, the starter for a while and for a competitive team over there in the Easter Conference. The Wild would head to Detroit and lose 2-1. to one. Ugh, and that was quite unfortunate. Sooner or later, DeHaim will be on the lineup, and then, of course, Ryan Hartman. DeHaim still playing here, <clears throat> but uh, one of the lower, obviously, lo lower minutes, but, of course, on the fourth line with Mason Shaw. None of those guys would score. Kirill Kaprizov scored two minutes into the game and ended up losing... Uh, after that, we scored two minutes into the game, and that was it. Philip Gustafson, shades of Josh Harding years ago when Detroit was super good. Wild would head into Detroit. Josh Harding would be the sacrificial lamb. He'd stop about 42 shots, and the Wild would lose 2-0 or whatever, 2-1, to one, something like this. So that kind of gave me a memory of that. Detroit only put up 25 shots in the game, but wound up scoring two goals. An unfortunate uh, Philip Gustafson uh, left kind of hanging in this one in a sense, as the offense for the Minnesota Wild, just unable to capitalize on numerous opportunities as the Wild offense would definitely disappear a bit. Ville Husso was really good in the game, and we're happy for him. Generally speaking, <laughs> I don't know why anybody cares about money lines and such, but um, it was definitely a frustration. The Wild would go... Yeah, the Wild would have one, uh, one power play, only one power play in the game. So, again, that's kind of how that happens. They would have one power play in the whole game and convert zero. So, Detroit would convert one out of their two. So, obviously, the Wild power play kind of, well, they're not getting a lot of calls. And and uh, Mr. Everson would get extremely frustrated with that over the course of several games here. As they'd only get one power play attempt in, in multiple games. Of course, that was one of them. The Wild would then defeat the Chicago Blackhawks in a shootout. 
So that felt good. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, victorious in his return to Chicago, and against Alex Stalock, who had a really, really good game. The Wildman finally solved Stalock, who was awesome throughout the day. He's faced 35 shots at Alex Stalock, Marc-Andre Fleury only facing 26. But uh, Fleury a little better in the shootout, thankfully, giving up zero goals. Mason Shaw, goal and an assist. So far, the best game of his career. Matt Boldy, a couple goals. That was awesome. And you felt so good for him. Jonathan Taves kind of starting to look like Jonathan Taves again. And the Blackhawks a little better. At least they're over 500 at the moment. Tyson Joseph returned to the lineup. Oh, goody. He would get seven penalty minutes and a must, uh, minus one. And, oh, he got three shots. That's good. Woohoo. And he lost both of the faceoffs that uh, he was in. Him being Tyson Jost. Tyson Jost was Jost not good at all. Um, Alex Stalock again, looking looking more athletic than he might be because he's a smaller guy and having to move around more. That's just how it is with him. That's why he looks more spectacular than he is at times. But, well, he was pretty good. He gave it everything he had. The Wild ended up <laughs> overcoming and getting a big victory to get back to 500. Yeah, we got back to 500. Awesome. <laughs> it's better than nothing, right? <laughs> Wild beat Chicago in Chicago, actually, which, you know, I mean, I suppose we did that in the regular season, even when the Blackhawks were good at times, but then here come the playoffs, and it was a little different. Wild would then beat Montreal again with a 4-1 to victory. It's the same game, right? No, Mason Shaw would get his second goal. Cool, Mason Shaw is, is becoming a mainstay now for the Minnesota Wild on that fourth line, and even can move up to the third line on occasion. Very exciting. Marc-Andre Fleury would stop 34 or 35 shots. An absolutely great game. And this is the Marc-Andre Fleury we're starting to see more and more now. Tyson Jost did get a rare assist in the game. Congratulations, Tyson. Both Boldy and Eck with multiple points. Kaprizov with two goals. Another two-goal game for Kirill Kaprizov. He's already had a few of those this season. He felt oh so good with this victory. And again, Tenorti. That's when the injury happened to... That's when the injury happened to uh, Ryan Hartman. And I believe, yep, yeah, this is when the injury happened to Brandon DeHame. An upper body injury. I wasn't quite sure exactly what happened. A lot of people didn't really know about that one. Maybe somebody does, and I apologize. But only play about four and a half minutes in the game because of that. Would not return to the ice Did Brandon DeHame. So a huge loss there, despite the fact, you know, he's not the star. But he was playing really well. He was playing really well, and you could tell he'd taken a step up. Uh, he seemed quicker on his feet. He seemed more, he just seemed like better, you know. Always a good skater, but at times he'd have these clumsy moments last year, if that's okay to say. Kind of like the San Jose Sharks player who gave up the <laughs> the, <laughs> the shorthanded goal yesterday when Connor DeWer was able to score. That was embarrassing. I mean, <laughs> it just fell backwards. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> it was so bad. Mason Shaw, another goal, as he'd been on a red-hot uh, stretch here. Two goals the previous game. Another goal here. Love what Mason Shaw's bringing. Yeah, I'm getting more and more reason why Tyson Jost is not going to be in the lineup a whole lot, even with somebody like Brandon DeHame out as well. Um, he'll, he'll get some time, and he won't get some, where Marco Rossi finally got an assist here, and that was like, hell yes, finally an assist. Finally a point for Marco Rossi. It took like 20 years, but he finally got it, and I'm not trying to be rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was on the Kaprizov's, uh It was on Kaprizov's eighth goal of the season. Again, Tyson Jost also like, oh, thank you, Lord. Finally got another point. <laughs> Marco Rossi again. It's been a it's been a tough go early on for Marco Rossi getting on the scoreboard. Let's not call him a quad A player just yet, but so far it feels that way. I guess as mean as that sounds. 
You led the Iowa Wild in scoring last year, you know. Doggone it. Uh, certainly not the case for Minnesota just yet, but maybe someday. Nice win for the Wild as we try to move on here. Uh, Seattle, yeah, you go from a wonderful feeling, beating Montreal 4-1, to everything felt good, everything felt easy, and then you get shut out 4 nothing versus the Seattle, whatever they are. The Seattle Krakens, who are playing significantly better, significantly better, pardon me. Martin Jones would face only 22 shots in the game. Marc-Andre Fleury got beat time and again against a very good, suddenly very good Seattle team. I, I guess they're good. I mean, they have nice players. I just don't imagine a team that has, like, top defensemen named Vince Dunn and Adam Larson as a great team. Carson Soucy, who did something stupid yesterday. Why was he, like, punching a Dallas player? For really no reason. I believe it was Dallas. No, that was in Philadelphia. It was Dallas. I can't remember who Seattle played yesterday. Munipag, that's who it was. Um, what is he doing? Like, standing right next to in front of the ref and punches the guy in the face, like, point blank. Like, what are you doing, man? Um... So Susie, kind of uh, not good. That was not against the Wild. I, I wish it was, because that would have given the Wild a power play. That ended up help, helping cost Seattle the game yesterday, by the way. But certainly not the case here. Ryan Donato would get an assist. Good for him. The Wild would get shut out and look like crap throughout the night, and the frustration would mount in this one. This was an excellent energy center, which brought out the Boo Birds, of course. Seattle's better, but shutting out the Wild with Martin Jones? Okay, sure. Wonderful. Uh, that's great. Um, then the Wild would get shut out by Jonathan Quick. Three, four days later, the Wild would get shut out by Jonathan Quick. What day was this? I want to backtrack. I apologize. Let's get caught up here. November the 8th. Okay. Jeez. Shut out by Jonathan Quick, and then the, the uh, shutout minutes would continue. Back-to-back -back shutouts. Quick, of course, looking like the better guy the last, uh, about last year and a half or so, two years. Jonathan Quick has gotten back in gear. Villardi would be the only goal scorer in the entire game. Uh, Kaprizov had a moment where it looked like he might get suspended. He was kicked out of the game with a cross-check to the face of, uh, to Doherty. Drew Doherty was a pain in the ass to deal with. Obviously, he's a great defenseman and from the from the glory years of the Los Angeles Kings, as is Jonathan Quick and Anse Kopitar. <laughs> a guy named Kevin Fiala, certainly not a part of that team. In fact, he was way too young to be a part of anywhere near the glory years of this uh, L.A. Kings team. But uh, a lot of those old, old players still playing great. Villardi with his 10th goal this season. He's really come on the scene. Kobotar 11 assists already at the time of that goal. L.A. Kings hanging in there trying to catch up to Vegas. Good luck to, uh, with that, even though Vegas did lose recently, believe it or not. But a big, big shot on Jonathan Quick has been way better the last two years or so. There was about a two-year stretch there where Jonathan Quick, like, Okay, why isn't he done? Why is he still playing? And why are the Kings still putting him out there? He's giving up four goals a game. What are they doing? But again, they stuck with him, and he stuck with it, and he looks good. <laughs> and the Wild would be shut out in back-to-back-to-back -back -to -back games. It was pathetic. It was horrible. It was horrible. I didn't switch this over. But uh, the, the exact minute total uh, shutout, it's just it was disgusting and crazy as the Wild would head into Anaheim to finally end it. Uh, Russo recently was saying Mason Shaw, yep, Mason Shaw is going nowhere, has been given the news to find a place. This just came out, well, like about 12 hours ago from Michael Russo. Pretty cool. Um, 
Yep, Derek Felska. This was a live tweet during the game yesterday. Missed opportunity, a shame because it was another decent start from Gustafson. Yeah, the Sturm goal was a bit soft, but the Minnesota Wild squandered a two-goal lead. They sure did. Uh, Derek nailing it there. Derek Felska, you'll be hearing from him off and on throughout this show, and especially in the uh, fan interaction segment. But Derek Felska, definitely one of the huge reasons for the improvement of this show, and really appreciate you, Derek, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> I'm sure he's dealing with the snow in Wisconsin as well. I want to backtrack and look at the shutout time here. It was officially tweeted out by Joe Smith, who is kind of like uh, basically Michael Russo's partner nowadays, which is pretty cool. Congratulations, Joe Smith. Just under 160 minutes. Uh, Joe Smith, this was on November 9th, of course, in the Anaheim game. The wild drought officially ended at 159 minutes, 45 seconds. Yikes. Kaprizov ended the drought, and the wild ended up beating the Anaheim Ducks 4-1. to in that game, you feel a million times better. Thank God. I'll try to move a little quicker here. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it's sad that it went on that long. Uh, Matt Dumba, uh, uh, there's something about Matt Dumba and the Ducks. Every time I think of the Ducks, I think of Dumba scoring, and he did. Mason Shaw would add another point. Connor DeWer, who again, is playing pretty well. And I want to kind of, again, go back to other things here. Instead of just looking at games, Tyson Jost, also a rare point. That's where he's at now, is at three total points. Kaprizov would have a couple would have a couple goals in this one. Most of these games have had Mark Andre Fleury in that, and again, he's been absolutely great. This one was Phil Gustafson, his first actual win for Minnesota. So the shutout drought ends, and Philip Gustafson, the snake bite ends. He ends up winning winning a game, which feels so much better. The Wild then would actually get their own shutout as we move quickly forward. If humanly possible, we'd shut out the Seattle Sea uh, Seahawks. Now the Seattle <laughs> Kraken, the Seattle Sea Monsters, is another way to go. We go into Seattle, Minnesota, and Seattle uh, shut out Seattle. So, so Seattle coming to Minnesota, shutting us out. We go to a place called well, it's just a yeah, it's Climate Pledge Arena. Interesting name, of course. Matt Zuccarello, the only goal scorer in the game. John Merrill's first point of the year. And that's always nice. Montgomery Fleury getting a shutout. And ironically, with 28 shutouts, it is the 28th team, the Seattle Kraken, are the 28th team that Marc-Andre Fleury has recorded a shutout against, which is a pretty remarkable number. As to who else remains, I don't know. Did he shut us out? I'm sure he did at some point along the way. Uh, along the way, That's something to research as we head into the third segment. And if I forget, I apologize, but uh, am I better not? Uh, Derek Valska actually brings that up. Maybe he probably already knows anyway, and he just wants to test me. He just wants to test me, doesn't he? Adam Beckman would come on board, and again, Tyson Jost not on board, as he's been getting scratched, as a lot of people are seeing him more and more, as just a guy who, first-round pick for Colorado, there, there's a reason why he wasn't moving up in the lineup, just wasn't good enough. And that's it, just, just not enough there. Adam Beckman would get a couple shots on goal, not score, but nice to see Adam Beckman getting a crack. We'll see if he's another guy, though, who ends up being a pretty good AHL player, but not a great NHL player. But a big shout-out for Marc-Andre Fleury. As I'd like to look at the team numbers here in a second. San Jose Sharks game, that's where we're getting caught up now. November the 13th, right after the Vikings defeated the Buffalo Bills, and everybody's like, oh my God. Check out the Purple Mafia podcast on TPPN, the Pigskin Podcast Network. And, of course, all your favorite podcasting apps. And don't forget to uh, check out that uh, DraftKings as well. you got to love what they do. 
Okay, yep. Uh, James Raymer would be a net for the San Jose Sharks, not Capo Kakinen going against his former club. His numbers haven't been so good. Talk about getting snake bit, though. Philip Gustafson would face 37 shots, ultimately would not win the game, and losing the shootout. Uh, Nico Sturm and Steven Lorenz, Steven Lorenz actually first, would score two goals in less than two minutes, slightly less than two minutes, late in the third period. Wild up 2-0 forever. Again, Connor DeWer picking up a shorthanded goal as the San Jose Sharks player just tipped over. That was interesting and kind of funny. Mason Shaw would get an assist on that one. I thought it was unassisted, but okay, good job, Mason Shaw. Connor DeWer would end up scoring on that one. I suppose Mason Shaw was a part of that, so whatever. Good for him. Awesome for him. Connor DeWer and Mason Shaw, two guys that have been climbing the ladder a bit. Frederick Goodrow also getting another goal. Uh, <laughs> so that was always great. Eric Carlson really has dropped off the face of the earth. Vlasic is still there. I always call him the pickle man because Vlasic pickles, of course, with the uh, <laughs> San Jose Sharks. He's been there for a long time, hasn't he? Always kind of that middle pairing type of player. Luke Cunning's on the Sharks now. Nick Benino's on the Sharks. Nico Sturm's on the Sharks. Uh, let's see, who else? Who else is on the Sharks? Uh, you know, <laughs> James Shepard. Well, he was for a while. That's great. Timo Mayer is an awesome player. Hamas Hurdle's a guy a lot of people wanted, but that never happened. Colter, of course, former uh, Philadelphia Flyer. Yep. Seems like everybody's been on the Flyers at some point. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Maybe Wild related because of Chuck Fletcher. It is kind of cool. Luke Cunning, Nick Benino, and Nico Sturm all in the third club. And, of course, Nico Sturm, that was his sixth goal of the season. What do you think of that? Nico Sturm's actually doing pretty well for the Sharks. Good for him. Ryan Donato was there a couple of years ago. Now he's on the uh, Seattle Kraken, and he had a uh, assist in the 4 nothing defeat of the Wild a few weeks back. Or like a week ago. It wasn't that long ago. The Wild end up again blowing the lead late in the game. Beckman with no shots on goal. What the heck? And just a minus one. So that's kind of disappointing. We'd like to see Beckman move up from that fourth line role, but I don't know if he can hang in there for now and hope for the best. Guys like Shaw and DeWer deserve to be moved up. And of course, Eck is further up the line as well. Further up the lines as well. Shaw, DeWer, and Felino. That's kind of a nice third line. They actually did pretty well. Felino's numbers haven't been so great either this year, unfortunately, to start things out. Let's look at that a little bit real quick before I wrap up this segment. 14 games, Marco Rossi, only a point. That's too bad. So, obviously, a very, very slow start to his National Hockey League career, unfortunately. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov does lead the club with 10 goals on the season. He's on pace for about 100 points. A little under that, though, unfortunately. But on pace for, like, 60 goals, which we know that's not going to happen. But maybe he will get 50. And the assists will start piling up, hopefully, too, like they were last year. Um, Matthew Boldy, less than a point a game at the moment. Six goals, five assists for 11 points. Zuccarello with 15. Julius, Jewel Eriksson-Eck already with double digits. He's on pace for yet another career year. Awesome. Uh, Kaelin Addison with eight assists and no goals. He's having a very strong season. Mason Shaw's on pace for like about 40-ish points, about half a point a game so far in his young career. Really nice to see him. And the cool part is he's only 23, still has plenty of time to get better and better and to stay in the NHL for a long time. Uh, Brendan DeHaim was doing well for a while, but again, an upper body injury, which they say is not good. So, okay, maybe it must be a broken finger or something, something like that. Uh, hoping for the best. Obviously, anything broken is not a good thing. Connor DeWer, like I talked about earlier, who only had six points all of last season in 35 games. It's not like he played in 80 games or anything, but six points is not a whole lot to brag about. 
Uh, was almost a point a game in the AHL, like a star at the AHL level, but now he's at five points in 14 games, so definitely at a faster pace this year than last, and he's, he's been better lately. Uh, took a while for DeWert to even get a point this season, but now he's starting to kind of pick it up. Tyson Jones, just three assists in 11 games. He's been lame as you-know-what. Matt Dumba, one goal, two assists in 15 games. His defense hasn't been good. Hasn't been shooting the puck. And as most people will tell you, he's he's in his final season with the Minnesota Wild. It's like the writing's on the wall. This time it is it. At least if it isn't, I'd be very surprised, <clears throat> to say the least. So it's a shame. Cramarosa does have a goal in the four games he's played. He's one of those guys who, you know, he's a nice minor league player who can be a call up here and there. Glad that he can get a nice paycheck for a little while. Greenway has only played in two games this season. So we'll see. He's already 25, isn't he? Der uh, Philip. I keep wanting to call him Derek Gustafson. Used to be a Minnesota Wild prospect many years ago. Philip Gustafson, 2.81 goals against average. Save percentage, 914. Pretty good. Mark Andre Fleury, 2.87, though he's won six games now and does have that shutout. Uh, he had such a horrendous start. That's why he's finally under three goals a game and a save percentage of about 90.5%. So, yep, uh, Goligoski's only played in five games. He did get his 1,000th game, and that was awesome. But other than that, 37 years old and not that great. Merrill's been a little better, and that's about it. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. Dumba, Dumba and Merrill pretty much should be kind of riding the bottom there. Though it kind of depends. The lines and the defensive pairings have been shuffled a bit. Kalen Edison has been getting, he's, he's been on the top power play unit, and it's been better than when Matt Dumba was on the pot, top power play unit. It just is what it is. Um, that's why the wild power play has been better, things like that. Uh, Dumba just wasn't, he just wasn't that good. Uh, I thought I had this correct. Yeah, but he just hasn't been that good, unfortunately, Matt Dumba, and I don't think he's going to be coming back. Certainly won't be getting $6 million a year, that's for sure. If he wants to come back, he might be making two at the way he's going. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, he's playing like a $2 million a year player. Uh, Rossi's actually been centering, uh, at least right now, the lines are Rossi centering Shaw and Dewar. Felino's been with Eck and Boldy. That's pretty cool. That's a huge line, actually. 6-3, Yep. All right. Anna Beckman's with Steele and Cremorosa. Mm. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Frederick Goudreau's been centering the top line with Kaprizov and Zuccarillo, no surprise there. Defensive pairing, yep, still Middleton and Spurgeon for the most part. Dumbo Brodeen for the most part. Addison Merrill for the most part. But Addison has been on the top power play unit, which is great. That's the difference maker with Eck, Boldy, Zuccarillo, Kaprizov. That's a really nice power play unit. Second power play unit remains uh, with Marco Rossi on the second power play unit. And Adam Beckman is actually on the left wing there with Frederick Goudreau or Freddie Goudreau. Jonas Burdine and Spurgeon, that's good. <clears throat> that is good to not have Spurgeon on the top power play unit or Dumba anymore. I certainly don't miss that. Uh, this power play unit's definitely been a significant improvement. Kaylin Addison has the ability to, you know, put the puck on net and, of course, set players up for, for goals and such, whatever it is. Really happy with what uh, Kaylin Addison has done on the power play. Defense is mediocre. Uh, see, Dumba's defense is mediocre, along with his offense is like non-existent. So, you kind of, you know, it is what it is. I mean, you get a guy who at least gives you offense, despite the defense being kind of mediocre or below average, and the other guy who doesn't give you anything. So, I mean, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? It kind of is what it is. With that said, the Mike McDonald Award since the last episode is Mark 
Andre Fleury. It's got to be. He's been absolutely fantastic. He had the shutout. His goals against average has been under two, basically, or just above two. It's been hovering right around there. Like, you know, best goalie in the league range, basically. Save percentage around 93. He's been sick, as the young people would say. He's been absolutely great. Marc-Andre Fleury is the Mike Madonna Award winner since the last episode in late October, or, yeah, three weeks into October. The James Shepard Memorial, it can kind of... <laughs> there's a couple of players. I think it's Dumba, for the most part. And it's not about trashing on Dumba and, oh, he's just a Dumba hater. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. He's not good. He's not good. Otherwise, Tyson Jones is probably the, the king of that. Even worse than Dumba. Uh, Dumba's got some leadership skills and blah, blah, blah. I know. That shouldn't be enough to keep him here. I mean, surely surely you can give a an, an assist, uh, or excuse me, alternate captain to a Jewel Eriksson-Eck or a Jonas Brodeen, right? Surely you can do that. Uh, if it's got to be a defenseman, give it to Do- uh, Jonas Brodeen. And I know Bromley uh, Brodeen will not be happy if Dumba's gone. They're very close. So it, it is what it is, though. That's life. That's business. You always see your friends leave at work. Friends leave all the time for whatever reason. It's it's sad but true. Um, but surely, Drew Larkson or Jonas Brodeen can take on the alternate captain they always do anyway when guys get hurt. Like when Felino was gone for an extended period, Drew Larkson would wear that A, the alternate, so he can certainly do it. Um, and I do believe Kirill Kaprizov will be a captain of some sort not too, just, uh, not too long from now. Absolutely. Uh, leadership skills, lead by example, but he's got a good personality as well. Um, as you heard him mic'd up not too long ago, very recently actually, in one of those Valley Sports North deals. It's pretty cool, you know? Pretty cool. There's definitely enough English there that he's very much a part of things. He's not just a guy who like needs a translator following him around everywhere. It's just he doesn't want to screw up in a press conference. That's pretty much all it is. He's probably just kind of nervous about that happening, which I suppose I would be as well if I was in Vietnam or something. <laughs> so that would be kind of tough. Um, but that's pretty much summing things up since the last episode. Apologize if it felt like a broad stroke type of thing and hope that's not a crappy first impression for anybody listening for the first time coming in from the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, God bless all of you. Thank you so much for being a part of things. It's interesting, too, because this show has been on Megaphone for an extended period, despite the fact the show hasn't been released. I want to talk about something really fast here, since we're just getting started with all this, and I can get my first experience of actually being able to see who's listening to the show. Not just what apps people are using, but who's actually listening, like where and all that. iHeartRadio has actually been leading the pack lately, which is really interesting. You'd think it'd be Apple Podcasts. It usually is. But, uh, see, of course, United States is number one. But guess who number two is so far uh, in, in this early stretch here? Norway. Hi. Hi, Matt Zuccarello. I don't know if that's uh, people from Zuccarello's family maybe listening or just people from Norway that want to listen to Brave the Wild or they're Matt Zuccarello fans. Hello. Hello, Norway. Just in case you're listening, um, at Brave the Wild, tweet me. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook me. Whatever you want to do. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. That's really cool. Norway is in second place. 12% of my listeners are from Norway. Even Singapore a little bit. Germany and Canada and Austria. Austria. Could it be? Could it be Rossi? Somebody related to Marco Rossi listening to the show. Or a Rossi fan. Just in case you're out there listening. Hello and uh, say hello back if you could. I would love to hear from you. So I can finally see some of the demographics a little bit. They call it geolocation performance on Megaphone. I think it's really cool. Now I finally know where people are listening from for the first time in my life, because HipCast didn't provide that. 
It's a very, very old uh, uh, podcast host going back to 2003. I'd been on there since uh, very early 2008. Dylan started like 06, I believe. 06, 05, that's uh, Dylan Richardson. So I go from Dylan Richardson uh, to, <laughs> to Dylan Kaiser. Like, how, how cool is that? So Dylan to Dylan. Well, Dylan, who, whichever Dylan it is, you guys are the greatest, and I appreciate both of you very much. Um, thank you. Dylan from California, or Dylan from uh, British Columbia. With that, we'll take a quick break, and we'll look at who, we're, uh, who are coming up. Looks like it's just four games until Thanksgiving, so that kind of adds up perfectly. We'll look at the prospects, and I'll try not to, to, I'll try not to say Carson Lambos and, <laughs> and Ryan O'Rourke are. I'm just a year away. They're not. I, I see that now better than before. I apologize. I thought Ryan O'Rourke was a little closer. He's not. He's really not. We'll talk about that next segment at the in the later stages of it. back here on Brave the Wild. We're going to look at the upcoming four games. Also look at the uh, how the prospects are doing and such. But first, we're going to hear from DraftKings. Our first official ad from DraftKings is now we are part of THPN. THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. Very, very proud to be a part of that. Get your DraftKings app. That's what we got to say. NFL Sundays are only getting better and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app or place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Really love being able to do that. It is it is a lot of fun to <laughs> to make these bets and come ahead. With uh, payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Absolutely. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins, which would be the Vikings, right? Let's, at least I hope so. Maybe in maybe over in Vancouver, maybe picking the Seattle Seahawks. They're doing okay this year too. <laughs> Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details, as you will see it in the uh, the lower area, the disclaimer and such. So, yes, let's get back to the actual upcoming games, if humanly possible. I thought I had that. <laughs> Usually I have everything ready to go, but occasionally I don't because I had to look around. I was getting busy with the whole uh, Purple Mafia situation. It's like somebody said, hey, I made a call and you didn't get it. And like, oh, yeah, well, apparently I did get it and I didn't, yeah, I didn't notice it and I really apologize. So check out Purple Mafia, Minnesota Viking fans. Yep, so there's my little app, I guess. The Nashville Predators, the Preds, seventh place in the... Central Division, Minnesota Wild officially fourth place, 7-6-2, Nashville 6-8-1. and one. 
Unfortunately, up Jordan Greenway, kind of still dealing with uh, upper body issues. It's just, God, Brandon Duhame, upper body, way back on November the 1st. Well, not way back. And then Ryan Hartman, who had the whole, okay, I'm done with this fight now. Well, I'll see you guys when I see you. Yeah. Uh, Yakov Trenin, lower body injury as of November 12th. <laughs> Mark Borwicki, Borwicki, as of uh, October 22nd. Rolls right off your tongue, huh? Both of these teams struggling offensively. Nashville's 28th, Wilder 25th. Goals against the Wilder all the way up to 10th now as Marc-Andre Fleury. And let's give credit where it's due. Gustafson as well. Philip Gustafson's been pretty good. Only, uh, yeah, 10th in the league. So we're in the upper third of the National Hockey League. Nashville's 19th. They haven't been so good. Uh, Lackanen and all them. So we'll talk about them very shortly. Shooting percentage, boy, both teams are in the 20s. That stinks. Penalty minutes, the Wilds struggling, getting giving up penalties once again at 30th in the league. Nashville's 22nd. The Wilds' penalty kills 10th. It's getting better. Nashville's is 8th, though. The Wilds' power play, yeah, yeah, 9th. That's pretty good. That's really nice. So definitely executing better, and it's funny. When you have a guy like Kalen Addison at the point uh, and all that, rather than what we've had in the past, the Ryan Suters and the Gumbas and all them, um, Nashville's 30th in the power play, but really good at the penalty kill. Sounds like the old Wild in the past, or say the Minnesota North Stars always have had like, they had like the best penalty kill in the league the last two years. They were still playing in Bloomington. Three-game season series. To, uh, obviously, this one's coming right up to uh, tonight, November 15th. <clears throat> Sunday, February 19th is the next game. This one's in Nashville. The next one's in Minnesota, and then or St. Paul, basically, and then April 13th. So this is spread out big time. Nashville is three and two in their last five. Minnesota's two and three. Ugh. Nashville defeated Calgary four to one. Calgary started off so good. Now they're not so great. They're actually flashing on the screen right now. As again, I moved the computer. I was watching the snow earlier in the first segment. Now I'm uh, looking more towards uh, the NHL Network here, Huberdeau and such. Let's see when they when we play them. They beat Vancouver, unfortunately. So those of you listening from there, just in case there's a couple of you, four to three victory for Nashville in Vancouver. Then Seattle was way better this year. 5-1 to one victory for Seattle, not the Predators. These were all on the road. At Colorado, 5-3, to three, big surprise. And the National most recently beat the Predators, or the, uh, the New York Rangers, 2-1. to one. Impressive. Cool. Uh, overall, the Preds. Again, it's a winnable game, I would have to say. It doesn't guarantee anything. Uh, their goaltending has not been so great. Uh, Lankinen is what I'd like to say. Uh, 2.6 goals against average. He's been the backup. He's actually only started in four games, two and two in those games, but really good numbers. I actually signed him for fantasy, but he didn't. He magically didn't do well right when I signed him because I needed help with an injury. Juicy um, Juicy Soros, of course, was supposed to be one of the better goalies. He normally is, but off to a crappy start. Four and six on the season. 3.22 goals against average. Savers and it's just above 90. Uh, and the ever-obnoxious Philip Forsberg and all those guys. Actually, Ryan Johansson with that stupid uh, uh, shootout crap where he'll literally, like, stop, basically, but not be called for stopping. Mikhail Granlin, 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 with only one goal but 11 assists, 12 points. Philip Forsberg with 15. Matt Duchesne with 11, uh, 11 points, three goals there. Roman Josie, maybe one of the better defensemen in the NHL, nine points in 15 games. Familiar face, Nino Niederreiter. Six goals, actually, that leads the club, but only two assists. That sounds familiar as well. About, about half a point a game, which also sounds familiar. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, who really jumped up a couple of years ago, 
he's kind of back in the doldrums of like a, you know, the lower pairings, unfortunately. He'd been a hell of a defenseman at times, but he's kind of up and down. Five points on the season. A winnable game. I think the Minnesota Wild get the win. And I figure, why the heck not? Why the heck not? It's in Nashville, though, so maybe I should shut my mouth. The Wild have struggled in Nashville. So, okay, I'm changing my pick. <laughs> yeah, that didn't take long. The Wild have struggled in Nashville. Very, very winnable game, but I have a feeling it's going to be one of those obnoxious 5-3, to 5-4 to four type of games with the Predators winning. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild tonight is going to be a guy that's been, you know, he's been a little quiet lately, but he's been knocking on the door like every game. Matt Boldy will be the most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild, but it'll be a 5-3, 5-4 type of loss in Nashville, which is really annoying. Now we get to play Hoppy's Club. Scott here locally from Edina, who is the uh, the other host of the Soda Pod with Isha Jerome. Yep, those guys do a great job. Obviously, Soda Pod. They are 7th place in the Met Division. 6-6-3. Six, 6-6-3. Six, 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 that sounds like something. I guess that was a that was a city bus they used to drive by where I uh, when I worked at U.S. Bank about, gosh, almost 20 years ago now. Man, I'm getting old. Getting really old. Um, yeah, we already talked about the Wilds injuries. Phil, uh, Pittsburgh, no no major notables, unless I'm an idiot. Philip Hollander, Pierre Olive, Oliver Joseph, and Teddy Bluger. So definitely not the uh, the huge names that you normally hear about from the Pittsburgh Penguins. They are 2-3 and three in their last five. Lost to Buffalo, who is significantly better this year, but not way better. 6-3 to three loss hosting Buffalo. Losing to Seattle, which everybody's doing lately. They beat Washington. That was a pretty fun game, actually. They won in Washington. They did Pittsburgh 4-1. to They beat Toronto. Another epic battle in Toronto. That's pretty good. And then lost to the Montreal Canadiens in Montreal. 5-4. to Hmm. Go figure. Pittsburgh is ninth in goals. Yep, not a big surprise with the 22nd in goals against. Shooting percentage is ninth, as ninth. Penalty minutes. They're very good about staying out of the box. Or seventh. Their penalty kill is 24th. And their power play is 24th. Huh. Interesting. So special teams, not so hot, but at least they stay out of the box. They're okay. I mean, Penguins aren't that good. I don't think they're that dangerous. This should be a win for the Minnesota Wild. If I'm picking the Wild to lose to the Preds, please beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, because if you don't, come on, man. Sidney Crosby and uh, Malkin, both having a bit of a renaissance this year. Good for them. Good for them. About a point a game, 16 points for Sid the Kid, or Sid the older guy now. <laughs> Six goals, ten assists in 15 games. Malkin staying healthy. Thank you, Malkin, for staying healthy. Thank you, Jason Zucker, for staying healthy. Yeah, the big four. Well, you can even say big five if you want to count Ricard Raquel. Nine points in 15 games. Six goals for him. Jake Gensel. Jake Gunsel. No, Jake Gensel. Leading the Penguins with eight goals and only five assists. Only, I know. 13 points in 11 games. A lot of these guys get hurt a lot, which is annoying. Jeff Carter, the Wiley veteran from the Kings. Eight points. Only two of them goals in 12 games. The It's definitely a beatable team. There's no real excuse as far as I'm concerned. I think the Wild need to show up to play in this one. Uh, this one's at XL Energy Center. The Wild have been mad at XL Energy Center this year. Pittsburgh's goaltending is meh. Uh, Jari, who is so good. Tristan Jari, who's, you know, he's awful. He's been awful. Nine games started. Four and three somehow. Goals against average three and a half. What the heck? Saber percentage ninety. Casey DeSmith, the mediocre backup goalie. He's about what he is. Mediocre. Two point six seven. He's been a little better. Goals against average nine. Not ninety one point six. Uh, save percentage. 
this could be a very, very fun game, a fun battle between two, you know, two teams with familiar names, as long as you count Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Boldy, I suppose. Boldy's becoming a little bit more of a household name in the NHL, certainly is one here in Minnesota. I gotta think the Wild are gonna win this game. Final score, let's go with uh, 4-2. to two. Marc-Andre Fleury beats his former club, 4-2 to two victory for the Minnesota Wild. Nice kind of a comeback type of game after struggling, but I expect the Wild to shut down Pittsburgh, believe it or not, which might sound kind of crazy. 4-2, to 4-3 victory. We'll say 4-3. to three. Pittsburgh's got to be a little bit dangerous. Um, the Minnesota Wild get the win. The most likely guy to score in this game is going to be Kalen Addison. Is finally going to get his first goal of his career, and it'll be against the club that traded him away for Jason Mother Zucker. So, I know, that's bad. I know, it's not funny. Uh, but uh, the Wild do get the victory, and Kalen Addison scores his first National Hockey League goal, and it will be against the Pittsburgh, against the Pittsburgh Penguins, as they say in Canada. Carolina Hurricanes, oh boy. 10-5-1, I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. We'll see. Third place in the Metropolitan Division. Impossible to say how that's going to turn out. They've got some significant injuries. Oh yes, <laughs> Terevenin left the game with an upper body injury as of November the 10th. Frederick Anderson, undisclosed injury, it's a mystery, on November the 8th. <sighs> Andre Case, concussion, yuck, on um, October the 10th, so that kind of sucks. Obviously, both teams missing some valuable pieces. Carolina, it's so which makes this, believe it or not, a fairly winnable game for the Wild with possible big pieces out. Uh, Ante Ranta has been actually slightly better this year, believe it or not. Frederick Anderson, not off to a good start. Um... And then the third string, potentially, yeah, third string youngster, uh, Kochakov, yeah, we know where he's from just by guessing there, <laughs> was in two games and had a shutout. Good, very impressive start to his young career. Uh, 96% save percentage. Mm, yeah, he's got a, he's got some potential, as they'd like to say. Mm, apologize, I'm kind of zoning out here. Minnesota Wild will play, uh, actually, I should go back here. To see when we play Pittsburgh again. I apologize. Kind of jumpy. Kind of excited. Haven't been doing game reviews in, you know, months and months and months and months, of course. So, I apologize. I guess it hasn't been that long. The Wild will play Pittsburgh on well, Thursday, you know, April 6th. So, wow. That's like the whole season from now, basically. <laughs> the next time the Wild play Pittsburgh. Again, Carolina is just a two-game series. Thursday, January 19th is the next time. So, it's 19 and 19. All right. That's cute. Carolina Hurricanes, 17th in goals. 7th in goals against because of uh, you know, the backup goal. They've been doing pretty good. Shooting percentage is 30th. Wow. They're, they've been struggling. Not even uh, 10% on the season. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. Penalty minutes, 9th. They've been pretty disciplined. Penalty kills, 17th. Their poor play is 27th. They've been struggling offensively. So maybe no Stanley Cup for Carolina. But I suppose no Cups are ever won in November, eh? Martin Neckes is leading the club in scoring. I don't think a whole lot of people saw that right out of the gate here. 19 points, 7 of them goals. Svechnikov, I can say it. Yep, I can do it. 12 goals for Svechnikov in 16 games, 18 total points. He's been probably the best player. Sebastian Aho is right up there, too, over a point a game. Brent Burns, the, well, newly acquired Brent Burns, first time against Minnesota as a member of Carolina with uh, 12 points. Definitely in, uh, definitely better numbers than last year with the awful, awful, awful Sharks team. 
Auntie Ranta at the gold uh, will probably be in that, most likely, but you never know. Maybe the other guy, uh, Peter, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm struggling like Sid Herman used to. 2.47 goals against average, but a save percentage of 91, which is mediocre. Um, Brent Burns, though, 12 points. Uh, yeah, like Karevenen missed a bunch of, or he's missing time, and he really struggled at the beginning of the year as well. No goals at all, but seven assists. Decent, okay. Again, Carolina's not doing so hot. Wild, go on and get the, get the win in this one. Golden opportunity to beat a really, really good team that's shorthanded a bit. Of course, we're shorthanded a little bit, but we're not missing, like, you know, superstars or anything. Where they kind of are. So, obviously, Atrevenen's a really valuable piece. He was one of their best two or three players, I gotta think. Um, Wild, take advantage of this. Get, get the win. Get the win. Uh, final score... Let's go with four to two, three to two, three to two, maybe even two to one. I have a feeling it might be one of those kind of grinded out, like you're gonna have to really fight for a goal. Maybe it'll go to the shootout, the wild win, two to one, three to two, something like that. I can see this game being two to two, going to OT, and the wild get the win in OT, and the OT hero will be the wild OT hero. <laughs> it's gonna be Kirill Kaprizov. I mean, sh shocker of the year, right? Kirill Kaprizov will be the OT. Uh, hero against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Wild are 2-1 now in this little uh, couple of games here. Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets. I, I want to look at the young goalie real quick. Just curiosity. I got to think he's, yeah, second round pick, 36th overall, 2019. Yep, super young and of course from Russia. What a surprise. Uh, but tons of potential and we'll see. He played in, what, three games Last year, 2.42. Yeah, very solid, but a crappy save percentage for some reason. He's definitely the goalie of the future when you take a guy that high in uh, the draft. Just a couple years back now. That would have been uh, Paul Fenton's last draft as a general manager in the NHL. <laughs> Before he became a super scout again, I guess. Connor Hellebuck. Hellebuck, uh, off to a fantastic start to the season. David Riddich, the ever-mediocre backup starter, whatever the heck he was with the Calgary Flames for a while. They're just average. 2.73, but Connor Hellebrook, yeah, David Riddich's save percentage is 89. 89. That's not gonna, that's nothing to write home about. He's not gonna win any, win any awards for that. 7-3 uh, record for Hellebuck. He's hella good. 2.08 goals against average. Save percentage, 93.5. Josh Mor Morrissey, pardon me, 15 points, only <laughs> One goal, but 14 assists. Mark Scheifele, uh, who's been fantastic, 10 goals on the season. Blake Wheeler had a milestone this past week as well. 10 points, 4 goals on the season. Sam Gagne still playing. Wow. Blake Wheeler. Obviously, Minnesota native and all that. I still remember him doing the skull chant before the Saints game. Right before the Minneapolis Miracle, he scored his 300th goal most recently. 300th goal for Minnesota native Blake Wheeler, former Gopher, and all that cute stuff. Man, it's been a while, wasn't it? That was a, that was actually a crappy Gopher team, but he was the best player by far. I remember they struggled pretty bad in like 08, 09, around then. Especially 08, 09. I guess they were decent in like 07 and such. In 06, they were actually super good. But then got beat in the first round. That was ridiculous. Yeah, got beat in the first round of the tournament with the number one team in the nation. Yeah, it's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Man, Blake Wheeler's been there for, gosh, this is like his 12th season already in Winnipeg after starting out his career with the Boston Bruins. 
very promising young man. He was drafted by Arizona, so he's been moved around a bit, of course. I don't know why I'm rambling on and on about that, but uh, 300 goals in his career, good for him. Winnipeg is number one in the league in goals allowed. Number one, numero uno, 33 goals against the whole season. Goals for 24, so another team, again, they're kind of a grinded-out club. Frustrating as heck, they beat Seattle the other day, where Seattle's capable of being a grinded-out defensive team as well. Um, very, uh, that game was, I think the, it was similar to what happened with the Sharks in the Wild, where Winnipeg just kind of came back and beat them, and that's when, uh, again, uh, Blake Wheeler had his 300th goal. Winnipeg is actually having a very good season. They're first place in our division, 9-4-1, so if you're going to beat somebody, you're going to move up in the standings a little bit. you got to do it against the Winnipeg Jets. Might as well. A game the Wild, you know, you hope they can win. They get three days off. And this is drinksgiving, as people call it. Yes, I'll be drinking the... I'll be drinking... And I'm not a heavy drinker. I'm not. So a lot of people like like that. That's not me. Um, I'm just moderate. Yes, I'm boring. Uh, French toast, backwards... Backwards, basically, it's what? Backwards bastard French toast. Yes, from Founders. A maple syrup-flavored uh, Scotch ale. We heavy. 11%. That's what I'm gonna. That's usually the. I usually have the backwards bastard on Thanksgiving, but I'll be having it that. I'll be having the French toast one because it's. Oh my God, it's good. The first time I had it was uh, like about a month ago, and holy cow. Back to Winnipeg, Mason Appleton, upper body injury left the game on uh, November 13th. Morgan Barron wrist injury as of November the second, and Logan Stanley sounds like a, a company, doesn't it? Fractured foot. As of October the 27th, that sucks. I can't even imagine how much that really sucks. Oh, I don't want to imagine it. <laughs> um, so, again, we talked about the wild injuries 10 times already. Penalty kill, not surprising. Fifth in the National Hockey League. Not surprised they're one of the best. Power play, not overly surprised either. They're in the lower third at 19th. Them being the Winnipeg Jets, and they're staying out of the box. Staying out of the box. I mean, that'll help your penalty kill as well. Just stay out of the bleeping box. As uh, Bruce Boudreaux used to say, fourth in the league. Good job. Wild play the Jets four times this season because they're a division rival and a big one, of course. December the 27th is the next game. That'll be also that'll be in Winnipeg. This November 23rd, Drinksgiving will be in St. Paul. March 8th, my brother's birthday. Wednesday, March 8th in Winnipeg. And then April 11th, April 11th in St. Paul. Hopefully the Wild are trying to win the division or something cool like that or second or third place, whatever the heck it would be. Wild currently hanging around the wild card at uh, fourth place in the Central Division. Uh, bummer. But it is what it is. Winnipeg Jets. Can I, uh, Kyle Connor, 10 assists on the season. Scheifele with 10 goals. Pierre-Luc Dubois with uh, 7 goals, 5 assists, and 12 total points. It's a pretty good team, obviously. Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti with 8 points. He's kind of getting a little better, a little better. Again, he came in that same Marco Rossi draft. Uh, he's been in the league for a couple of years already, where Rossi was one of the later bloomers because of, uh, obviously, it's, you know, what are you going to do when he misses an entire season with that whole uh, myocarditis situation where, you know, it's just bad things could have happened and it was scary. Uh, Winnipeg is 4-1 and one in their last five, unfortunately. <laughs> Montreal, they beat the Montreal Canadiens on the 3rd of November. Shut out the Chicago Blackhawks 4 nothing. Beat Dallas, impressive. It was off to a great start, five to one victory for Winnipeg. Lost in Calgary, three to two, and beat Seattle three to two. 
most recently. That was a back-to-back -back thing. So at least they got a split with those two dangerous clubs out west. Not east, but west. Uh, I don't know. The, the, it, you know, it's like year by year with Winnipeg and Minnesota. We kick their ass one year, they kick our ass the next year, and then we kick their ass again, and then they kick our ass, and then we kick their ass. It's weird. The, where it's like, you know, some sometimes it's like that with Nashville, too. Though lately it's just been Nashville winning every freaking game we play. It's just some, some bullcrap, fluky nonsense. Uh, whereas Winnipeg, it's like... Oftentimes it's really exciting, epic, like 6-5 to five type stuff with Winnipeg. The way Connor Hellebuck's playing, I'd be very surprised. And honestly, the way Marc-Andre Fleury's been playing, or even Gustafson's been playing, I would I would be surprised if it's super high scoring. This is probably going to be a 3-2 to two victory for the Winnipeg Jets, something along those lines. Uh, maybe the Wild get a point out of it. And the Wild end up with 5 out of a possible 8 points this week, which would be okay. I mean, it's mediocre, but it's a tough schedule, I think. I mean, Nashville, Pittsburgh, you know, Carolina and Winnipeg. If you can get five out of eight out of this group, I think that's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, it's, and some people might call it wishful thinking. I'm, I'm going to be relatively optimistic and, and lean that direction. The Wild will squeak out a point versus Winnipeg, but unfortunately not win the game. Three to two victory for the Winnipeg Jets. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota, Jared Spurgeon. It feels like a Jared Spurgeon kind of game with the Jets. Uh, the, the captain helps the, uh, the Wild at least, you know, compete and get a point against the Jets. With that, let's look at the prospects, eh? And again, I'm no genius. I don't ple pledge myself to, out to be a genius or anything. <clears throat> I was hopeful of a guy like uh, Ryan Aurora kind of being close, but, you know, I mean, you know, he I, I just kind of saw him as a professional and he's getting ready to go and this and that. And he'd been in the AHL a little bit earlier, and I thought I was very impressed with that, that he was able to jump into the AHL as quick as he did early on. But obviously, circumstances led to that. But yeah, guys like O'Rourke, Damon Hunt, yeah, they're probably about two years away, unfortunately. Especially Damon Hunt turns the puck over a lot and isn't really doing a whole lot of scoring. Um, so we're going to talk about the Iowa Wild to open things up, which is usually where I like to go. Damon Hunt, my guy, well, one of my guys, only two points, two assists so far, and that's it with the Iowa Wild. Samuel, I don't know why they call him Samuel, but Sammy Walker, <laughs> former Gopher, who was the captain and leading scorer and all that such from Edina, Minnesota, 23 years of age, is leading the Iowa Wild with 12 points in 11 games. Good for Sammy Walker, adjusting very nicely to pro hockey, but is he one of those quad A guys like Brian Bonin and such? Like, Brian Bonin was like a 100-point guy in the AHL. Came to the NHL and he played like 13 games and then zero points. And it was like, come on, come on. Yeah, Marco Rossi, don't be anything close to that. Marco Rossi's going to be a million times better than that, right? 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 Please? <laughs> Please? <sighs> Nicholas Paton. Nick Nick Paton sounds a little better. Eight points in five games. Again, he's another guy who's, you know, kind of a he's fourth line, fringe fourth line, but would be phenomenal in the AHL. Kick everybody's butt. Veteran, solid experience, 27 years of age out of British Columbia. Delta, British Columbia. Mitchell Chaffee, who's had some wonderful games. In fact, he was up for a prospect of the week, even though, yeah, he's still considered a prospect at age 24 with MNW prospects, or young guns, as we like to call it. Pavel Bennett, Justin Baki, Brandon Quast, awesome, awesome, awesome guys. Happy to be a part of it, even though I haven't been as involved as I should be. I've really been invisible this year. 
and I deeply apologize. Um, Nick Sweeney's definitely down this year, unfortunately. Only five points in ten games. Hopefully he can pick it up again. Um, but maybe Sammy Walker's kind of knocked him around a bit. But, of course, they play a slightly different position. But, uh, yeah, Mitchell Chaffee. He's been the top line right wing and such. Uh, he's been really good. Samuel Johansson, who came over to the United States. One of those other guys who were like, is he a myth? Is he real? <laughs> Just like the other Johansson, who was never going to come here and wound up with the Vancouver Canucks. And the Wild got a second round uh, compensatory pick, which led to, some, you know, led to something coming this year. Really helped. Uh, that's how we got the... Uh, I'll, we'll get back to that later. That's how we were able to make the trades earlier and such and uh, pick up some viable pieces. Samuel Johansson, three points, one goal, and two assists in 11 games. Coming to the United States. Schuster with four assists. That's the big giant who, uh, yeah, six foot seven. He's in his 30s now, 31 out of the Czech Republic. Schuster. Schuster. <laughs> I love what he can do. Um, Otten Bright. A lot of people actually kind of like him. Big guy also. 25 years of age, only four games. So that's unfortunate. Damien Giroux, who's just... Two years ago, he was really promising, and he was doing really well uh, with Sudbury and such. And now he's just kind of vanished on only three points with the, in the AHL. He was very slow last year as well out of the gate. Uh, Connor DeWer was clearly the better player, and that's why he's in the National Hockey League. And he's he just, you know, he's adjusting to the NHL. Ryan O'Rourke, zero points in eight games, but at least he's a plus three. He's a plus three. He's not like one of the minus guys, which there are quite a few of, unfortunately. Iowa has been playing significantly better. Uh, Fogarty, who's been up with Minnesota, but not really, but played in like one game, plus nine. Mitchell Chaffee, plus eight. Sammy Walker, plus eight. Plus eight. Hopefully Sammy Walker has a shot to make it to the NHL. I like what he's doing in the AHL at the very least. Adam Beckman's up with Minnesota. He had six points in eight games, while with Iowa was a plus two. He's definitely been better. He was a half a point guy with uh, Iowa last year. Started off very promising. Actually, first couple games of the year were up with Minnesota. A nice pass from behind the net. I forget who it was too. If it was like uh, Fiala or something. I think it might have been Fiala or Boldy. It was one of those two guys. I think he was playing with them. Um, couldn't have been. It must have been Fiala. I can't remember. It was early in the season. And yeah, again, a nifty pass. Obviously, the guy's got some skill to score and to pass and make plays for others. And he's only 21 years of age. Beckman, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he can break through and become something in the NHL. A lot of people hoping for that because there's there's something there. Does he have the skating ability to be a, a good NHLer? We'll see, but I think so. I think so. I'm believing for that. Let's get off the AHL for now. I think you get the point. Oh, no, there's one other very significant player. What am I talking about? Of course, both of the goalies. Jesper Wallstead actually scored a goal <laughs> this past week. He scored a goal. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> Do they even show it in this? They do. Yep. <laughs> Jester Wallstead at age 19 in the AHL. Of course, top goalie prospect in Minnesota. Probably the highest touted goalie prospect the Wild have had. In fact, he is. Uh, 3.12 goals against average, unfortunately, with three ties, one win. Uh, save percentage right at 90, basically. Uh, Zane McIntyre's been slightly better, 3.8, but he's 4-3 on the year. Uh, so... Neither one of them really standing out all that great, but at least they're getting some offensive support now. We're early in the year. They were losing games one nothing, two to nothing, two to one, and stuff. It's like, would you just score once in a while? My God! So they're they're, they're starting to score a little bit, and now we're giving up goals as well. But uh, well, <laughs> Jasper Wallstead, 
Jesper Wallstedt, pardon me, scored a goal in the AHL. Pretty cool. Apparently he scored a goal before as well, earlier in his youth. Kind of cool. As a goalie, yes, as a goalie. He wasn't playing any other position. Uh, Andre Jones, yes, yeah, struggling like hell. And the Iowa Heartlanders stink, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. 3.5 goals against average. Save percentage, 89. I guess it's not that bad. But uh, <laughs> I feel bad. Most of these guys just kind of career minor leaguers hanging in there in their early to mid-20s. That's kind of the majority there. Gosh, they've had... They've had five goalies. Hunter Jones leads with four games in the net. 3.5 goals against average, like I just said. Connor O'Brien, other guys have kind of been moved around. C.J. Mott gave up, uh, what the hell happened there? Four goals in only 14 minutes. So it's, uh, goals against average is 17 because of that, they, the, when you do the math. Yowzers. Wow. That, that is all I have to say about that. Corbin Kaspersky, four and a half goals against what is going on with Iowa Heartlanders? I mean, everybody is a minus. Is there a single plus player on the entire roster? Why are they so bad? There's Barry Burla, whatever, Barry Birkin, who's even. A couple other guys are even, but yeah, they're not. No. Nope. The only people that are even are goalies. I'm looking at this wrong. Just the goalies are even. Jiminy Christmas. What a mess. Depressing, man depressing. So, yeah, they've been terrible unfortunately. Um, they have one win and oh my god, they're terrible. That's sad. 1-7-1 and one on the season. Mm. I'm sorry, Iowa Hardlanders. I really am. Hopefully you can get better here. Hunter Jones is kind of left for dead there. I, I feel for the guy. Big time. <sighs> Nikita Nesterenko will look in the college ranks for now. Six points for Boston College in nine games. Five of them are assists. Marshall Warren, also Boston College in his senior year. One goal, three assists in nine games. Okay, Marshall Warren. There's some there's some potential there. We'll see. Uh, Guskov, should I go with him a little bit? Yep, KHL. No, we'll get, not a huge factor, unfortunately. First off, yeah, he, he went back to uh, Russia, KHL, so that's unfortunate. Extremely unfortunate, actually. Mm, yep, he was with Iowa for a minute and then went back to, to Russia. Great, <laughs> great. Uznadinov, as now we have more of like a <laughs> we have more of like a normal schedule there now, I guess. 29 games already and only 12 points. They start pretty damn early, don't they? He's a plus 6 on the air, which is a career high. Uznadinov continuing to get a little bit better, making those little steps forward, hoping for the best for Uznadinov. Love what he can do, though. Obviously, I think most people do. Nate Benoit. Nate Benoit, his numbers have definitely improved. He's a half a point, or yeah, He's a half a point a game now, which is pretty nice. Seven points in 14 games. That's a career high. And only, again, like I said, 14 games. But he is a minus eight for the Omaha Lancers. Josh Pilar, we're kind of going backwards here, but that's okay. Definitely a major step up from last year. Struggled terribly with the uh, Saskatoon Blades when he was moved there. Only six points in 17 games at the time. So far, 10 in nine games this year. So, definitely took a step up. I think he's like, holy cow, what is going on here? And he's a plus nine versus minus one. So, definitely a step up and probably a better group of players around him as well. Uh, Kyle Mosters, 14 points. Huge step up. They were actually, we're talking very highly about him 
in the prospect camp, as I'll probably bring that up over and over and over all year, already matched last year's numbers. In 65 games, Kyle Masters at 14 points. This year, 14 points in 14 games. Big, big jump. Unfortunately, he's gone from a plus 24 to a minus 2, but uh, we'll see. And, of course, he's also on the Campbell's Blazers now instead of the Red Deer Rebels. So, crappier plus minus, but mm, 14 points, definitely a big factor there. Must be one of the top guys right there. Kalen Bankier, the Blazers. Bankier, little, little step ahead of last year. I would have to say he's over a point a game with 10 goals in 14 games. Not bad. 18 total points for him. Jack Pert, Jack Pert, a little over half a point a game. Slightly ahead of last year's pace. Seven assists on the season. He's a plus four for, you know, obviously the ever, uh, ever competitive St. Cloud State Huskies. Carson Lambos who is not a year away, is he? No, <laughs> I know. I get reminded about that because I keep saying crazy stuff like, oh, he's he's close. No, I mean, he's not, obviously, but he's, uh, I mean, he's he's probably going to be up here earlier than other guys, I'm sure. He's going to probably move at a quicker pace. Obviously, he's high highly touted, and there's definitely something there. 17 points in 15 games. Also ahead of last year's pace, he's a plus 17 Two, uh, 15 assists, two goals in 15 games. Good for him for the Winnipeg Ice. We already talked about Jesper Wallstedt. That should be the majority of the prospects other than a couple others like Brock Faber and such of the Gophers. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. Maple Grove's finest and got those nerdy glasses, but so do I. Seven points in 12 games, one goal, six assists, and playing for a national contender here in his junior season for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. 20 years of age, and talk is that the minute he's done in college hockey, he is an NHL player. There is no Iowa Wild. It is Minnesota Wild. So hopefully, hopefully that's true, and talk is it will be. Uh, he's a very grounded young man. He's like, yeah, hopefully. You know, he's, he's not all like, oh, yeah. You know, he's, he's, not a, he's not an overly cocky guy, of course. Uh, he's basically like, I need to earn it, this and that. So, and I, and in hockey, guys are a bit usually more grounded, generally speaking, but not always. But yeah, the points are a, a, right about the same pace as the last year or so, about a half a point type of guy. And it's not always just the numbers, the intangibles that he brings, kind of like Jerry Spurgeon and such. Um, a little bit larger than Jared Spurgeon, and that's a good thing. And I do think there's some offensive potential from what you can see from Brock Faber, but obviously great leadership skills as well. Maybe he'll be an alternate captain in the next, you know, five to ten, five to seven years or so with the Wild. You never know. Um, obviously, there's something there. And unfortunately, he's not this can't-miss superstar like a Kale McCarr or anything, but he's, he's, there, there's something there. There's something there with Brock Faber, and most people would agree he's an NHLer very, very, very soon. So who knows? Maybe, uh, well, he's a right shot. Again, which makes things interesting. I don't. Yeah, he's not going to knock Kalen Addison out. It's going to be a certain other guy, that's also about six foot and uh, has an alternate captain on his jersey when he's playing and stuff. That's probably where we're headed, folks. So that's not hating on a certain guy that wears number twenty-four or anything. It's just being honest. It's just being honest. We'll see. It's it ain't over yet, but <laughs> it's it's just being honest. He's not worth six million. He's not worth six million a year. Let's look at okay. What am I talking about? Let's look at this year's prospects. Liam Ugrin. So far, only six points, but he's in the pros now, over there in Sweden. He's in Sweden one instead of Sweden HL. 
Uh, six points in 16 games. Four of them are goals for Ugrin, if I'm saying it correctly. And he goes from a minus seven to a plus six. Encouraging sign there. Danila Yurov, one of our favorites. Obviously, again, he's in the KHL. First, I'm going to backtrack to first off, because actually I'm getting real numbers here. Um, three points in nine games, so one goal, one assist for Torpedo something something in the KHL. I apologize. I'm not good at pronouncing that. Uh, major shout-out, though, to Hockey Database. Again, where, uh, you know, they follow me on Facebook, or Facebook, on Twitter, and I follow them as well. Obviously, really huge fan of Hockey Database. Occasionally, though, occasionally I have to go to... Um, Occasionally, I have to go to Elite Prospects as well for some of the, uh, like the Russian players as such. For some reason, they don't cover it as much in the uh, in the in hockey database. In the KHL, so he's been in both, him being Danila Yurov. He's got one goal in the MA, or one assist in the MHL in just three games, but in the KHL, Metalberg, sounds kind of cool, 20 in 27 games, three goals, four assists so far for Danila Yurov. Obviously, again, insanely young. Remember last year, he had, like, no points at all, basically, in uh, a number of games. But it's like, hello, he was, like, 17, basically. Hunter Haight, a lot of people love this guy out of, uh, obviously, out of Canada. The Barry Colts, Ontario Hockey League, eight points so far. Two goals, six assists. He's projected to 36 points for the Barry Colts, of course. That's where uh, Dimitri, yeah, that's where Dimitri used to play Kulikov for the Barry Colts. And he moved around a bit as well. Rager Lorenz. It's a very intriguing draft. He's playing for the University of Denver, and he's got three points in 11 games. One goal, two assists so far in the gap. He is a forward, but yeah, obviously he's a he's, he's just getting started. Michael Milne, if I'm saying it correctly, or Milne. He's with the... No, that can't be. <laughs> he was with the Iowa Wild for a minute, believe it or not, and did get a goal in the game. I, he is. That, do, that doesn't make sense. So I guess he's officially with the Iowa Wild. I'm not sure what's going on with that, though. Um, should be in the juniors, right? I mean, <laughs> it was like some kind of like a, like a, like they were borrowing him, I guess, for a minute. Something going on there. I'm not sure exactly right what it is. Ryan Healy, University of Harvard, NCAA, of course. Nice. Four points in six games. Nice little start for him. Three assists. Good. Good for him. And he's a defenseman, so getting some up. And Ryan Healy looked insanely promising. A lot of people really liked him in the prospect camp as well. Definitely got some offensive skills that uh, could end up getting to the National Hockey League someday. David Spasic, another one. People, obviously, he's a well-liked, uh, respected Spasic. <laughs> Spasic. Uh, well-respected uh, prospect out of the queue. The QMJHL, 17 points in 17 games, 4 goals, 13 assists. Nice start to his career as a defensive point-of-game defenseman already in the Q. And uh, Petrovsky, who was looked on as a possible prospect of the week with MNW uh, prospects. Also, very, 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 very strong start for the Owen Sound attack. 18 points, 6 of them goals in 16 games. He's projected to get 75 points in 66 games. Very impressive. With that, we'll take a quick break and come back for a nice, fun fan interaction segment.
And we are back here on Brave the Wild, segment number three. Get your DraftKings Sportsbook app, if you could. Highly recommended. <laughs> I was, uh, yep, The uh, I was talking about how the uh, Wild gold drought officially ended at 159 minutes, 49 seconds. Apparently, I did share it, and it wasn't showing up, so I, I don't know. Well, it's there now, okay? Yay. <laughs> Congratulations, Marc-Andre Fleury. A shout-out against 28 different teams, most in NHL history. That was cool. Um, yeah. Tarek Felsko was asking, he's certainly turned his play around since those first few games of the season. I wonder which teams he still has left to shut out against. Yeah. Yep. So apparently, according to Puck Pros, the only teams Marc-Andre Fleury has not shut out are, guess what, the Minnesota Wild, Columbus Blue Jackets, Vegas Golden Knights, and St. Louis Blues. This is from Vincent Parisi. Vincent Parisi, uh, I hope he's not copying Zach. No, I don't know. I guess that's his real name. Parisi. You like Zach Parisi. Cool. Thank you for that. That's on fan sided. Um, Minnesota Wild Pros. Yeah, that'd be uh, Gone Puck Wild. Maybe it's a stepper one. Probably is. But uh, interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, yep, the Blues, Blue Jackets, Golden Knights, the Minnesota Wild. Those are the only teams he's never shut out and he's playing here so he probably won't shut us out he'll have a shot against the golden knights yeah he played there for a little bit uh apparently he shut out his pittsburgh penguins you know already so that's kind of funny interesting so there's our answer i'm glad we were able to come around to that one for sure derek says does sunday's loss to san jose bring some questions to mind ask brave the wild just tag your questions hashtag btwmn and ask as many as you wish and yes please do and thank you to those of you that did Always remember the hashtag BTWMN because it makes uh, it keeps things organized. And I can just kind of scroll down once I press the little latest button. Though people did reply, which is totally fine. It's still organized. Brian Herrera says, with Shaw looking impressive in his stint with the big club, do you see Joe's being placed on the training block? I apologize, I had a sneezing fit there. But uh, yes, <laughs> thank God for the uh, dump button. Um, yes, Brian Herrera. Yes, I do see Joe's being put on the training block. Uh at the very least, winding up in Iowa. Unfortunately, probably won't get a whole lot for him in a trade at this point, but it is what it is. Uh, I'd rather have Mason Shaw than Tyson Jones. I would. I love what Mason Shaw brings, and he's already like a half a point a game player. And he's doing it from the third and fourth line, so very impressive. Thank you for that, Brian. Awesome. Steve Snyder responds with, Seems we are reverting to a uh, defense-first mentality. All bite, not a bad strategy. We still need to put the puck in the net. Other than 97 and 36, yep, we need scores. 12 are shown flashes, but seems to be hitting the skids. Yeah, lately, any help from Iowa? 23 getting better, but still lost. Yeah, he still doesn't score. Still doesn't score, which is frustrating. Um, so, uh, yeah, help from Iowa? Uh, he, uh, Sammy Walker? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Sammy Walker is going to do much at the moment, but I suppose you never really do know. Uh, nobody really jumps out at me from Iowa, really, except, well, Adam Dackman, if he can get rolling, maybe. He's the closest prospect to being an NHLer with scoring ability, so. All right, thank you very much for that one, Steve. Always appreciate hearing from you. Again, it's at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account, at Brave the Wild, as I really didn't even mention. Jay Bushy says, the start of the season was okay. What uh, has been okay? What can the Wild do to improve their overall play in every game? <laughs> Well, that's a that's a that's a bit of a broad one there, but in generally speaking, obviously, while the goaltending has improved, that's made a huge difference. 
focus defensively has improved. I mean, it started off so bad. I think that was one of the major things that actually made the Wild better. Obviously, again, now the scoring has vanished, and you hope and pray some guys can kind of get things rolling in the right direction. It's kind of the old easier said than done type of situation. Obviously, like a better power play. Um, I don't know, selling selling a little better on penalties and this and that. Uh, they haven't been getting a lot of power play opportunities, much less power plays. Obviously, and again, staying out of the bleeping box, that's always been a huge thing. Uh, the Wild have really struggled about staying out of the box over the years. Um, somebody replied to, oh, I guess it's Tom Han. He says, uh, the organization needs to find an 85-point uh, player to take pressure off 97 and 36. If only they could find an 85-point scorer. If only, and that was, again, Kevin Fiala. Yep, <laughs> no doubt there. I believe that's, yep, that's the end of that thread anyway. So we'll go on to the next one. Derek Felska, the Derek Felska lightning round, right? He says, Is it the Minnesota Wild strategy and schemes that are to blame for the offensive woes, or is it the lack of scores on the roster or something else altogether? Well, again, staying out of the box certainly doesn't help. But then again, that's, yeah, because if you're in the penalty box, you're you're on the defensive, unfortunately. Obviously, that's a huge thing. That's just plagued the Wild, I think, despite our good records and this and that in the past. And now it's kind of coming back to bite us more than ever. Definitely lack of scores, of course. But, I mean, uh, there's competent scores on this team, generally. But it's kind of that, we're kind of in that in-between mode right now. And a guy like Rossi, who's, you know, got one assist in 14 games. We're kind of in in-between mode in a lot of ways with young guys coming up and older guys going out. You know what I mean? And then we're right in the thick of this stinking uh, super cap hit situation. Uh, Boldy's quieted down. You're hoping you can get a little more from him soon. Again, Jewelers next been good. Addison, obviously, is off to a great start. In injuries have been a huge problem. Uh, Goudreau is certainly nowhere near where he was last year. And he's, so sometimes he's trying to do a little too much. It's nice to see guys like Dewar stepping up a teeny tiny bit, being a little better. But then you get players like Dumba and Brodeen. You know, they have a combined five points in 30 games. Like, what is that? That's horrendous. Uh, Ryan Hartman's nowhere near where he was last year, though he was starting to get better. And then the injury. Mason Shaw's been a nice revelation, but he can only do so much. So it's kind of stuff like that. I mean, uh, again, the in-between, the injuries, this and that. It's a combination of things like that. Um... I know it's kind of a long, broad answer, but that's kind of how I see it, more so than the strategy and schemes, I suppose. Maybe I'm an idiot who doesn't know anything, but uh, that's kind of how I see it. Uh, Derek continues saying, Mark andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson seem to be playing better, and them, them, I mean, are they playing better, in my opinion, or is the team playing better defensively in front of them? Both, definitely both, because, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season... Bad defensive play sets up terrible situations, and the goalies weren't executing. Like, right, yeah, right there with Binnington just gave... No, he didn't. He made a stop on that? That's like the save of the year, if that was a save. Holy smokes. I think, yeah, that's the save of the... No, that's a lucky bounce. <laughs> that's off the post. That's the post as a best friend. Sorry. Anyhow, I'm distracted now. How was that not a goal? Anyhow, sorry. <laughs> um... Because it's like, since we're talking about goalies and such, yeah, I mean, obviously putting your goalies in crappy situations and then they have a tough time executing and this and that. Um, so it's a it's a combination of both, in my opinion. It, it's definitely both. Um, so keep going. 
Derek Felska lightning round continues. If you had to describe the play of Marco Rossi at this point, which video game or movie or both would you describe it? It would have to be a movie that takes forever to get going. Um, and I'm blanking on that one. Like, what movies take, like, forever to really get going? And then, okay, it's, it's pretty good now. I'm blanking because I have, I have kind of... Like Halloween, right? Yeah, Halloween took a little while to get going, didn't it? After the after the actual, yeah, maybe Halloween. I don't know. The beginning was exciting. Like say, Rossi, wow, look how good he looks in in the OHL. He looks like the next Steve Eiserman. Holy smokes, he's unbelievable. And then, and then something bad happened. Just like something bad happened in Halloween, you know, and all that. And then you know at the beginning of the movie, and then it was like a slow build up, and then finally something hopefully happen. So that's kind of how I see Marco Rossi as a movie video game. Uh, Super Spike Volleyball? No, I don't know. Super, where again, you could build it up real slowly and then it gets really good, I guess. I don't know. Um, Jaws. <laughs> Maybe Jaws. I don't know. That takes a while to get, a little while to get going. You know, when you need to build up all the conch shells and everything and it's, it's real boring, but then finally, okay, now we're now we're battling Jaws. Now that we have enough strength in this and that, so something like that. That's what I can come up with. Something that just takes forever, but then ends up being kind of fun in the end. Um, hopefully, it, we have, we're not sure how fun it's going to be just yet. Lightning round continues. What odds would you give the would you give that the Wild make a significant trade prior to the NHL deadline? Do you think we will be buyers or sellers? If you were Bill Guerin, which would you be? Oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> they're in the middle. See, that's annoying. See, now I know I'm annoying coming up with these uh, broad and like, uh, you know, it could go either way type answers. They are kind of in the middle, which is annoying. Sometimes when you're in the middle and things aren't going so hot with injuries and such, I'd probably say seller. Like, gun to my head, I'm leaning seller. Um, and somehow, but unfortunately, I have a feeling Garen won't, Garen's not that, uh, of that mentality necessarily, but maybe he is. Um, obviously, you had to sell uh, Fiala because you just had to. I'm saying seller partially because, I, well, and, and this is a guy that's not going to be a highly sought after player. Matt Dumba's probably going to, yeah, I, I got to think he's going to get traded. Is it going to be a Mike Riley-like trade, like a fourth or fifth round pick type of thing? You might it might end up being like that, but I gotta think and hope second and third round pick for uh, a Dumba or another player who is hopefully not as expensive or is also expiring at the end of the season that you don't have to resign unless you want to at a significantly uh, cheaper price that kind of thing. Um, but I'm leaning seller long long answer longer. I'm leaning towards seller, and that's what I would do as well. Not because it's like God we suck this and that, but uh, you know, it's not going to kill us to sell at this moment. It's not going to kill the fan base. It's not going to kill the future of the franchise. Uh, you know, so, and you, you have pieces coming slowly but surely. And unfortunately, yeah, I mean, I can't be as optimistic and as excited like, oh my God, Lambos and O'Rourke and Lambos, O'Rourke and uh, Damon Hunt, here they come. We got our defensemen. Well, Brock Faber, Brock Faber, um, again, he's not going to be out of the gate like a star right away, but he's closer to the National Hockey League than probably any of the other major uh, defenseman prospects, right? 
Is it okay to say it, or is, or is he also a year or two away, in your opinion? But um, um, I'm just yeah leaning towards Stellar, um, and Garen I think is gonna he's somebody's gonna get traded because they're gonna they just kind of have to, and you know kind of irritated with the signing of Goligoski unless he's some kind of insurance policy like guys get hurt this and that and you know he's, he's a nice nice guy to have around and he's insanely experienced and all that so yeah next one uh, is the Minnesota Wild even strength scoring sort of like the infamous WKRP Cincinnati episode where they had the turkey drop if not that one, what sitcom episode would you compare it to? Oh, boy. Sitcom episode would you compare it to? Um, Maybe like when Homer, I don't know, this might be something where Homer Simpson at the beginning of the, uh, this is like a, well, it's a cartoon sitcom, but it's, it's kind of a sitcom. Uh, <laughs> where Homer Simpson's driving his car, boom, he rear-ends somebody. And he's like, oh, well, at least they got it as bad as I did. And then, and then you back up, whatever. He hit his wife's car. He hit Marge's car. So both of the cars were totaled, or you know, and all that, uh, totaled or needed to go to the repair shop for major repair. That's kind of what I'm thinking towards. That's sort of what the even scoring is sort of like that. <laughs> I like those fun questions. Uh, and then I treated uh, Joe Smith one again about the uh, the drought, the scoring drought, one fifty nine forty forty five. Holy cow! Um, I read the Steve Snyder one. Derek shares the. Yeah, the Joe's one. Yep, thank you, Derek, for that. Yeah, but I read it about. Uh, um, I read it from uh, Brian Herrera about Joe on the trading block. I I think yeah, I think Joe's will get sold. Jay Bushy. I guess that's it. Now what's what's this one? Is Derek replying to a few? Okay, nope. I already caught all those. Thank you, though, Derek. Yeah, I did kind of jump around and catch those already, but I do appreciate it. I'll see if there's any. Extras floating around in the notifications. There might be. I really appreciate those of you that retweeted and all that. Jay Bushy, Brian Herrera, Steve Snyder, Tom Hanton, and MN Johan. Thank you so much for the retweets. I wonder if MN Johan said anything. Maybe just retweeted. But hey, the retweet really helps, though. I appreciate that. Can I get things out there and some new followers? Really appreciate you so, so much. And I'm not just saying that, of course. Uh, is there something else? Yep, and I uh, retweet. Well, there's a just a few days ago, not that long ago. Uh, Derek was showing some previews of five uh, girls' high school hockey games and such they should check out and all that. But that was during the weekend. But yep, it's uh, youthhockeyhub.com. Youth Hockey Hub. So that's cool. Just want to make sure. I don't think there is any. Nope, there isn't. Uh, just really happy to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And two guys in a league shared that, and they said, thank you. Uh, welcome to the family. Thank you so much. Two guys, a league, and some guests. Thank you so much. Um, really appreciate you. Did we follow each other? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Yep, and you notice THPN is in the lower left corner. It's kind of like a bright lime, lime green, yellow, and all that. Really cool. And Derek also said, congratulations, Brave the Wild, well-earned. Stick tap, and thank you. A stick tap back at you as well. That was on Halloween of all days. Um, and Dylan said, welcome. Yep, and thank you so much, Dylan. And Hockey Podcast Network shared a wild fan celebrating. Like, yeah! Like, yep, like the Brave the Wild's on now, right? <laughs> thank you so much. 
Thank you so much. Uh, you guys are awesome. Um, Sebastian also, yep, Sebastian locally says, if we can get back to 500, that can, seem as a, that can be seen as a huge win. Well, luckily we did get back there. Sebastian a bit frustrated with the team. Derek was telling me, yep, Damon Hunt, Ryan O'Rourke are at least two seasons away from anything near the wild, yep. I, I understand, and I was I was getting a little bit too, like, oh my god, you know, like, look at these wonderful prospects. Yeah, they'll be here in a year, you know, a year maybe or so. No, it's at least, yeah, so he's saying it's at least two seasons away. Probably, because just nothing's happening. It's unfortunate, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a cup of coffee call-up sometime next season. Like a cup of coffee. that You know, just like uh, Adam Beckman last year. A cup of coffee call-up at the beginning of the year, that kind of thing. You'll probably see something like that. Otherwise, that should wrap up the notifications, and I've babbled enough. Uh, really, really happy to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Definitely uh, get your DraftKings Sportsbook app. Wishing all of you a wonderful uh, couple weeks here, or well, week and a half here as we head into Thanksgiving. We'll be back on Thanksgiving Day for sure. God willing, anyway. <laughs> I should be able to record and post the show that day. I guess you never know <laughs> if, if something, you know, you never know if I'm unable to for whatever reason, but I should be. I've been on a, a long streak of that for a while now. Um, thank you, Derek, always for putting out the bat single. Really appreciate you, and I'll continue to share and tweet uh, anything you write or or anything, and if, if you have a major announcement coming at any time about something, I'll be, make sure that uh, it's known, that type of thing. So, <laughs> leaving subtle hints here, uh, just in case. Obviously, no guarantee anything for anything, so don't get too excited out there until something happens. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Otherwise, um, again, major shout-out to MNW Prospects. Again, I mentioned their names, Pavel Bonnet, Justin Baki. Uh, Brandon Quas, you guys do a wonderful job, and I'm really proud to be a part of MNW Prospects. We keep up with the prospects. Derek does a great job keeping up with the prospects as well, and has great knowledge of that. Uh, wishing all of you a uh, again major shout out again to Minnesota Wild Global. Really appreciate that as well. Scott Cavendish, David Costick, Chance Costick, uh, David Abraham, Kathy Maine, Michael Fick, some. Uh, Chad Walski, yep, haven't seen him lately though. I miss you, Chad, just in case you're listening. Otherwise, again, enjoy the next couple of days here. It's going to be cold and snowy as we head into Thanksgiving week, and we'll talk to you then. And go wild.